Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another Killer Collab podcast. Once again, my name is Tony Deaf Florida, Tony D. I'm joined again with Chris Leto from Reaper Films. Yo, yo, yo. And today we're being joined with a couple of special guests from We Massacre Productions. We got Mike and Steve in the studio. How are we doing, guys? Yo, what's going on? Good, Thanks man. for having what's us up? in the studio. Oh, anytime, anytime. Well, it's a pretty good open invitation. Yeah, we do a lot of shows. We just try to get as many people into the studio as possible so we can just talk about the business that we love, the industry that we live in, the one that makes it pays our bills. You know how it goes? I don't know if it pays our bills. Well, you know, it, ke- it keeps <laughs> it my probably light- like keeps us from paying our bills. Actually, <laughs> it keeps my keeps my lights on. I think, right? You know, nice. So right now, uh, whenever we bring anybody to studio, we like to get a little introduction: what they work on, who they work with, how they do it, and you know, just picking the brains and get showing our viewers and listeners everything the in depth and what your company does. So, Mike. What do you guys generally do? What is your productions? What do you, what is, is your style? Well, uh, we're independent filmmakers. We're a company called We Massacre, as you introduced us. What we do, we make <laughs> films, we write them ourselves, we direct them, we produce them, we find local people who are interested in doing what we do or want to be involved in some way, like our more recent film, uh, Please do not disturb. We've found a uh, guy who was basically a fan on the local scene. He attends the the, we, uh, the Tampa Bay Screams. He attends the Spooky Empires. He attends all of those all the local film festival events. Named Brooks Bailey. So we ended up talking to him and working with him, and he was game. And so, for lack of a better uh, term, we put him in the ring, and, and he could go. And so that's kind of what we do as far as finding people. Um, we take all of our influences and kind of put it together. We really operate like uh, an independent band would. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's kind of our thing. We put our inspirations in it. We've been at it our whole lives. Steve's always had a camera and, and filming and trying to get people. Me and my cousin started out um, in Hillsborough and Polk County pro wrestling and trying to get into music. He's with the band Burial at Sea now. Um my wrestling's kind of evolved into martial arts and making movies. And Steve has been making movies and editing them his whole life. He's been getting more and more editing work and oh, yeah. producing work with Dustin and Seaward uh, Productions. Yeah, Seaward. Uh, editing. It's Dustin Hubbard, right? Yes, yeah, Dustin yeah. Hubbard. He's been editing Kai Hornet's stuff from Alien Society. Oh. And so that's kind of, we decided to just build up our own reps and our own chops. So you guys just pull stuff from like, do many different genres or you stick to a specific genre or anything like that? Their, their movies are like, <laughs> they're hard to explain. Like they're, um, that's where I'm getting at. <laughs> I've seen most of them. I think, I think I might've seen all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're, uh, they've built like this little universe, uh, Creek County universe. That's right. Um, okay. And <laughs> they all kind of intertwine a little bit. Um, but they're, like a cinematic universe? They're kind of like, they're borderline exploitation, but not really. Um, you guys don't really have any nudity in your movies at all. No, um, I think just in Lefty Lucy, there was a nudity scene. But that was yeah. more yeah. Kelly Helen Thompson. Actually, I haven't, seen, I haven't seen. <laughs> but can I just show Lefty my boobs? Lucy. Yeah, but I don't. I haven't <laughs> seen Lefty Lucy yet. Okay. That um, was the one we That's probably the Kelly one I haven't seen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so was that your guy's movie or was that her movie? It's like we're the dad and she's the mom, and that's the child that we both share custody of. Gotcha. Best it was 50-50. Yeah. 
she wrote, uh, she came with me with the idea, um, wrote a pretty good story, and then I we talked about it, and she let us kind of just go 50-50 with her company, and Mike wrote, uh, Mike took her story and wrote the full script. Mm-hmm. We went over it and everything, and yeah, we made it. Yeah, yeah their, their movies, are, they're very dialogue heavy, mm. um, and they have like kind of odd characters in them. Kind of uh, <laughs> David Lynchy type characters, where they're like they're kind of cool, but they're a little like off, you know what I mean? Mm. Um, but I don't know. Like I, I've watched these guys since their first uh, movie, which was um, <clears throat> Rock, Bottom, Rock Creek. Bottom Creek. How long ago was that? 2012. We released it yeah. at the. Uh, we did two theatricals and the Real Terror Film Festival in the same night. Right. And that's, that's where, where we met. I think them. that's where we met. Yeah. The Real Terror Film Festival. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. Creative Loafing, uh, the newspaper, used to have a, a little film festival that they would have in their space in Ybor City. And it was so cool. Like, it was it was a lot of fun. I mean, God, I've met so many people there. We yeah. went, uh, I think we went three or four years. And uh, we had a couple of movies play there. And... I mean, I've met so many people just from that little place. I mean, it was a little studio space that was maybe as big as your warehouse. Yeah. And I mean, they'd have what, awesome. maybe 30 chairs set up and you know, uh-huh. people were in and out all day and just sat and watched movies all day. And what was cool about it was everybody was just accessible. Everybody was just walking around talking to each other. Well, so it, was a, it was a great networking event. You know, you got to see a lot of cool movies, uh, see what everybody's doing. Um, but yeah, it was a lot of fun and they, they don't do it anymore, which kind of sucks, but, um, yeah, yeah, that was, that was awesome. That was down there. They used to be really accessible for independent filmmakers. Really filmmaker friendly. How difficult is to open like a, like a theater, like a, just open space, like a warehouse, just put up a screen. And and that's what's funny is, is, you know, I might even do it, but I just don't have the space. Well, I do technically have the space. That's what's funny is the movie (laughs) co. And we, we used to be able to rent that place for $300 on a Saturday night at 8 o'clock. And I was having film festivals there. Yeah. We were all day long for for $300. I would have a theater for all day for $300. Yeah. And then when the AMC bought them out, AMC's like the freaking devil. And you know now it's like $1,500 to rent the space or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, that's the thing is that there's no – theaters around anymore that you can rent out to show your movies and it, it's it's really shitty that's crippling um, on the industry there, and it's yeah. funny because we there's a, a new place that opened up in um i think in st <clears throat> petersburg and it's a independent theater just opened not too long ago um and sean called them because we were thinking about doing something for zed's dead and we talked to the owner and he was just like yeah uh, you you got to pay us uh, three fifty for the day, and now this place only holds a hundred people, so wow. you got to we got to pay three fifty to rent the theater, and he gets half the ticket prices. What? I'm like, why? Yeah, Who would no. do this for a hundred people? Like even if you charge ten bucks, what are you gonna make five hundred dollars? And then I got to pay three fifty for the theater, so I'm gonna make two hundred bucks to. Yeah, exactly. Stupid. If they could work to develop relationships with the local exactly. artists, they could have that cash flow right. always coming in and not worry about the one-off exactly. taking the big – And, and big that's the thing. It's like I'm, I'm, I'm thinking to myself, all right, so we're going to bring 100 people to your brand-new theater, mm-hmm. and all these people are in the film industry and would probably want to rent your place in the future. 
but you're pricing yourself out of the market just for one day. You're not looking at the big picture or the big scope. You know, everybody's going to buy popcorn and drinks and whatever. That's where you make your money, you know, yeah. and you're going to have all these people seeing your new, your new theater. Yeah. So if I was a new business owner, I would try to get as many people into that theater as possible just so the word gets out. Yeah, you know, I mean, familiarity too. Hey, you want to head back? Well, to hey, theater cool theater, man. Yeah, that's cool. how business you know? works. You you get the yep. your your feel is out there. You get and then you get but, you attract more business. Like yeah. it's so not. I guess this guy didn't see it that way. Yeah. Well, kind of. A lot of people don't want this. And turned us right off. Like I'll never yeah. go there now. Well, I don't think they want to like be classified as a maybe maybe the genre they weren't too happy about, or maybe they weren't happy about. Just what they no, it wasn't presenting. even that. Like we didn't even tell them anything about the movie. We were just oh, like, we right. got a movie. We okay. want to show it. Um, you know, hundred people. I mean, we would probably do two showings. Yeah. You know? oh, and that's uh, nah, awful. And he was like, "Yeah, you can either uh, pay us half. Like he, we wanted to sell our own tickets. Yeah. You know, which is what we normally would do. We would just rent the theater, sell our own tickets. And this guy's like, "Yeah, I would have to handle selling the tickets, and and I would get half of the." half of the ticket price and we're just like yeah a lot of times uh no a lot of times it seems as if they're just trying to they're almost like oh man you know this guy made a movie and here i am just hustling movies all day dang you right. know and they want to cut in on it or yeah. try to just make you or you walk away hey, the like, distributor's oh. supposed to do that the <laughs> yeah the distributor's supposed to rape you <laughs> not, the, not the viewer <laughs> we looked into a lot of places when we did creakers we were trying to get it out there and there's a uh you probably familiar with the there's a drive-in um family-owned drive-in yeah it's like silver they something. wanted like ten thousand dollars or some ridiculous yeah. like seven thousand they told us it was for like insurance reasons and, this oh, and that. it's God. like what well, you're running like you should else. have insurance already it, it doesn't affect you understand how much money we're going to make you with the with concessions alone and you know exactly. people coming to see our film and it's yeah. like and that's where theaters make their money is the popcorn and drinks oh yeah you know? like they don't make money the, on the first the, run the, oh the ten dollar yeah. drinks that only cost them a dollar fifty that's where they like, make their money well, to that point the Bellagio though has always been pretty decent yeah that's the last rate. kind of place that you can really and, get for pretty when pretty we, inexpensive. They when did, we've they done didn't events, even, yeah, they didn't even charge us. We they just said they split whatever we got and pulled in. And I mean, we right. had everybody came out, and you know, we, we try to do stuff where everybody can get a leg, and it's not just about our film yeah. coming that night. Yeah. It's about Joel Wink Winkoop and everybody else's films too, and them coming right. out and glad him. When we did the King James premiere, we had like Joel set up a table, and we had a couple of different people come up set tables and promote their stuff, and yeah, it was right. just like one big giant event for everybody all the, yeah. the only problem with the Villaggio is it, it doesn't hold a lot of people like when you get 50 people in their biggest theater um no, i was more than that it was, yeah, you got I think, 100 people for yeah Boston, do they have 100 people there well, yeah and um, king james i think was over 100 yeah. like 120 yeah. i believe it just sucks the movie co man like i miss it like when i did my first premiere housewife slasher there we had a 250 seat theater and filled it yeah, like me, it, we were sold out. Me and Mick were there the second night. I made my whole damn budget. <laughs> yeah, I ended up having a second screening. I don't, I don't know if you remember, but we were yeah, there. I, remember. I ended up having a second screening, screening, and uh, I made my whole budget back. Yeah, that's how just we by figured. having a premiere. It was crazy. That's where we set our goal off of because we were like, we can get in the theater with Rock Bottom right. Creek, but we got to go all in. And then, then we ended up doing it the same day as that film festival, yeah. so we could have two showings, and the overflow would help out the locals. Yeah. Yeah. Good idea. It's all about the community. Cool. All about right. the community. We yes. want to build up this community. We want to, you know, 
get some notoriety. We, we want to make sure that we're, you know, future, we future proof our, our industry, especially here where pretty much in Tampa Bay area, it's being like washed, washed out and, yeah, and flooded is. out. And it sucks. And could, they're, they're trying to price us out so we can't, you know, show the movie, show our entertainment. We can't. And then the talent pool is moving. So it's like, it's very difficult this day and age to, you know, maintain right. a good industry and uh, community here. Right. And we've got to do our best to try to keep and hold on to any anchors that we have here. Right. Yeah. Because we're not going to stop. No, um, absolutely not. It's just yeah. our opportunities are lessening. And like, like yeah. I said, people are moving. Got to Orlando, Miami, Atlanta. People are moving out west. So, you know, we're, we've got to figure out what to, something to do in this community to keep everyone here, keep everyone interested, and, you know, keep the, re, re, like, revitalize it in some yeah. way. Right. And and with physical media, too, because if everything's on streaming, that's hard for the independent to get on streaming. And then everyone else, you know, will give you the, oh, well, is it on YouTube? Can I see it there? And it's like, look, man, I take myself a little bit more seriously than that. Yeah. I'm not saying I take myself seriously, but we want to present these things in a different way. You know, we have a few shorts on YouTube, but that, yeah, you know, we don't, don't make any money. Yeah. You yeah. don't make any money on that. It's, um, you can, if you get like a million views, uh, right. but YouTube is but not the, the odds of someone on our level. is not going to get a million yeah. views. Yeah. Like right, right now, even on the YouTube channel I have, I have, it's not even like, it, it makes literally nothing. It's mostly for promotion. Uh, promotion purpose for for guests on and also uplifting the community and getting views like we get about uh, 2,000 between 2,000 to 5,000 views on YouTube um, podcast on Spotify it's not as high but it's not like I said as long as the word's getting out and someone's like even you get one click two clicks five clicks you get some like I said that community starts to grow a little bit in that specific area because we, we it's outreach to the, the entire world so if someone in like India clicks on it someone in India is watching it and, yeah. and sees the like that's how you branch out and figure out where you know where your niche is um, in different locations and see where yourself um, where they'll actually buy the features. Um, so I think that even with just being out on the, on streaming, you just got to have the great marketing and figure out where um, they're buying and where they're interested in these different genres. All right, yeah. and that's what the other problem is: is streaming is like nobody pays anything. Like I have I have a movie on Prime, and I literally get like one dollar every quarter. Like, yeah, that's what I hear. Like, and that's pretty much insane. what YouTube is. Like, say, if you get a million views, you, like most most of our views that we're getting like, between two thousand and five thousand, it's only like a dollar a month, maybe. Yeah. Um, and that's and then taxes. It's like not even. It's right. not even it's ridiculous. Worth. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Prime's no good. Um, but we do have some um, here at Two Step. We do have a couple streaming services that we just released. Yeah, we're so, we're he's getting up a a, a site for. Exploitation like movies, exploitation and movies, I also have nowhere you independent, can find those kind of movies. Right. And, and I also have um, an independent uh, movie screen, which is um, where for all independent movies you could put on there. Um, you can sell merch, Blu-rays, DVDs. That's called IndieMovieScreen.com.dot uh, online. And then the Ranch Movie Haven is uh, also dot online. But and that's where all the exploitation. That's going to be the new home for exploitation movies, um, and try to outreach to, across the United States, across the world, on. Um, just of that specific genre, but also, like I said, I do have an indie movie screen, which is pretty much styled the same way, um, but it's mostly for all independent movies, where of all different genres. So, right. what's cool is for the filmmakers, free. Like, yeah, it doesn't cost you anything to put your movies up there, and then you know, if somebody rents it, you know, then the movie is sent to you right away, like yeah. it's wow. like PayPal instantly, yes. so you don't have to wait four months or three months to get your money. 
Um, yeah. It's instant. So yeah, and like I said, you cool. can sell all your merch too. If you have like T-shirts, anything for movies, um, for like I said, Blu-rays, DVDs, physical pro- uh, copies. It, it's it's good on good on that. But like I said, it's, so it's, we're trying to get all the people like us right into one unit and promote each other's mm-hmm. stuff. You know what I mean? That way. The, the site gets built up and, and people have a place to showcase their movies because um, no limitations, know. no ratings, no right. anything like that. Because right. like the movies we we make, I mean, there's lots of nudity and gore and and there's and, and a lot of sites get frown that, on that. You can't get that on <laughs> yeah. Vimeo or or uh, you know Amazon Prime or any even Tubi. You can't even get your stuff on there. That kind of movie. So there's nowhere for people like us to. Actually, make money. Show too. our movies and make money, you know. Yeah. And uh, hopefully, this will take off. And uh, hopefully, um, know, it, like we got said, a lot of work launched. to do to reach out to filmmakers and try to get them to yeah. sign up. What's it's a, and awesome that's the thing. There's no risk to to develop such a platform to carry that because even with like these movies, we are making experimental movies sometimes, and they mm-hmm. don't have that mainstream carrying right, exactly. like an MTV yeah. or WWE or any of the you know an HBO, and it's like well. We want to make movies too. We want to make right. music too. Yeah. You know what about you know MTV can pretend to be extreme with their music, but they're, they're not. really not. You know, <laughs> no. and no. so what not if you anymore. like outlaw country or, or yeah. extreme rap or horrorcore or right. heavy metal? Yeah, where do you go? Exactly. Here's where you go. Well, your, your platform. Well, well, a lot of times, um, with in, in our just our, in our industry, the. Um, we make money specifically just on the Indiegogo's or anything like that, and then pretty much it stops because no one's yeah. like it doesn't. There's do you no guys more do that. No. Do you guys do Indiegogo's. We, someone suggested it to us once, and we put it up for like three days. But we fought so much with Kickstarter to get them to even approve the video, right. and then it's like we couldn't figure out what was good enough to give people. So we like, well, let's just use our money and then we'll make it back when we sell it. Cause we really believe in it. Not the people. So what do you sell? You just, how do you make your money back? Selling the movies to people on oh, DVDs. Just DVDs uh, conventions, uh, stuff Man. like that. Yeah. You guys sell a lot of DVDs, huh? Yeah. 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 We sell a lot. <laughs> so like I said, in pre-sale, that's pretty much like when it stops, like there's no, there's no further outreach after that. So that, that, that's why, you know, uplifting the community and giving them more reach of, potential of being getting more eyes on your product yeah we we like doing it like like you just described but we flip it and get it on the back end yeah you know we put out the hype we put out the press we have people like our friend pixie and people on our facebook will put out the word at first we put out the trailer but we don't let you know hey this is what we're doing if you want to buy in then we'll make the film if no one's buying in then we're not going to make it it's like we're going to make it regardless Mm -hmm. um if you want to buy in and just we're kind of a have gun will travel type vibe. Right. Yeah, we're we're gonna do it. We do everything out of pocket. How do you budget something like that then? Like, do you have an expectation of what you you're gonna make off of it, or what you're gonna make back, or like, how do you like pretty much even out the books? That's the thing. Me and Sean have like we have a formula now. Like <laughs> we've made all these small movies, and we know how much we can make the movie for, and we know exactly how much we're getting on getting on the Indiegogo when we do it. Um, you know, for example, Zed's dead. We just finished, we made the movie for $1,100 out of our pocket and we ran an Indiegogo and we made 5,600 bucks. I mean, that's the formula and, um, you know, but we don't get all of that money. Like people think, Oh, well they pocketed $5,600. No, we get our money back. (laughs) You know, we get it. We got to pay our money back that we spent on the movie and then we got to get Blu-rays made and ship them. And, you know, so 
at the end of the day, we probably are going to pocket a thousand to fifteen hundred dollars each, if that. So, but all I care about is I got a movie made and I made my budget back. That's all I care about. Like yeah. I'm not in this to make millions of dollars. It's I make movies because I like it and it's something that's fun to me and I enjoy and it keeps me busy. Um, you know, and I can tell my own stories. You know, yeah. exactly. And as yeah. long as I'm not losing money. I'll keep doing it. You know, I don't, I don't really care about it. What keeps you guys going? Like what makes you like, what motivates you to do the next movie or where do you guys get ideas for these movies? I'll address the first one first. Okay. This is, <laughs> for us and the budget questions and things oh. like that. Um, this is more of a mission for Steve and I. We're like okay. the hobbits. We're, we're just going to do it. Uh, if it's about money or green and it's like limb is spread for us, you know, we've got enough. We'll have enough for the the walk back, but this this is just going to be the approach. And okay, yeah. we've always been pretty blessed when it comes to the finances and the budget, and we're able to find opportunity where some might not see it, and we find purpose in things that people might not find purpose in, and then that's kind of everything else kind of falls into place for us. Um, we always find a way. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm I'm all for for the art. Like I I I like I uh, I pick specific movies when we do our. Uh, 10 movies you never heard of it's usually movies that are, are very artistic very you know they do it for the art yeah, are. <laughs> he just doesn't appreciate the art the no artistry. i'm too simple to understand artistic <laughs> movies <laughs> um but like i said i'm always for the art like i love movies that people do just to do it because they love doing it exactly I, and that's what nothing I, else really matters exactly like the money wise if, if we don't have the money you know, we'll find a way to get it. Yeah. If we have to, when we did Rock Bottom Creek, I mean, we sold almost everything we had, clear yeah. bank yeah. accounts. Oh yeah. Made a movie, just do it. And then, What'd you spend on that movie? It's hard to say with the amount of stuff that we sold. I mean, I sold kettlebells. He sold movies. I Comics, sold comic book collections, yeah. jerseys, yeah. like Mitchell and Ness stuff, stuff I got in the military, like stuff Steve had collected for years. My cousin Mick, things he had saved and collected. We sold a lot of stuff to make it um, yeah. because you want to be fair to people, too, and try to pay them. I mean, you, you're just starting sure. out, but as you develop a reputation, mm -hmm. you want to get better and you want to treat people better. Oh, yeah. So that comes with it. And once we sold all that stuff and kind of cashed it in and then made the move to make Rock Bottom Creek, we just haven't looked back. And we just find a way. Like, we were about to shoot a movie recently. We lost the, uh, the house for it. So we're like, why not shoot it as a camping film? And yeah. it just took a little retooling, it, 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 you know, and it's just as something as simple as that. You know, we don't let anything stop us. Right. Yeah, we always been that's uh, key. That's kind key. of blessed and all that. Yeah. Like something falls down, you know. Um, we lost the, the first creek. locations. Just all come, you know, a lot of support from people too. That's, like I said, that's big in this community. We all have to, you know, pick each other up. We have to just keep each other like motivated and doing our art. That's that's what I love about the art. Like, there's always someone you can pick someone's brain. You can just get some ideas. Like you, for locations, we hey, do you know this location that I could use for this? Or just just in general and vision and it's just I love the community. Yeah, that's, that's the biggest thing about the communities where you can always find someone that has done it or will do it or will actually put a helping hand into accomplishing that goal. And that's right. that's something. Now that, these guys have worked on a couple of my movies. Like they just came out. Well, no, no money or anything, yeah. you know, we gave him some food. That was it. Yeah. And, um, 
well, me you and know, the Ace were coming there for the experience. So that was a big <laughs> eye opener to work with you on those two films. It was like claustrophobia and yeah, you did uh, aromaphobia and claustrophobia. Aromophobia. We were doing a bunch of shorts based on phobias, and um, me and Jason were doing them together. And uh, I needed help one night, <laughs> and these guys were like, "Oh, we'll be there." You know, awesome. I was like, "What?" Yeah, and you had uh, awesome. the the news anchor from Miami, Mylene Marrera. Oh yeah, Mylene was in it. Yeah, she's great. She moved away too. So it's like all the good ones move away. Yeah. Um, yeah. Dang. <laughs> <laughs> well, like I said, that's so. that's a part of the industry, like especially in this area where it's difficult to maintain that you know uh, that that type of pool of people. Just yeah. people want to be. Well, a lot of them end up being little fish in big seas, but exactly. here they're big fish in small seas. But exactly. you know, yeah, the whole it's all the cast, bomb. the whole cast of my movie Crazy Lake, gone. Like they all left. Yeah. So and that's something that we the face. bigger and better things. That's what we face for different uh, projects that we want to do. It's just, this is a great area to launch careers. Yeah. Like if you are new to the industry and you're trying to break in and you want to build your resume and get on a set experience and credits and all that. It's a great area for that. If you're trying to be in like million dollar productions, mm-hmm. not the place to be. Yeah. Um, this is where you're going to get experience. You're going to get the. Right. Once you've gotten in a movie, you know, that's got a decent budget and, you know, you've got that experience, they, they usually go to Atlanta. Yeah, what we generally LA. say for new people, just get, get on as many sets as possible. Do whatever right. you can. Hold a boom mic. Hold, you know, yeah. hold some lights. Just do whatever you can. Just to get something right. under your belt, so you can just see what you know the, how the production process is, uh, what processes that uh, the directors do, the, the producers, what 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 the writers, script supervisors, how the actors you know prepare, how just in general, like get on as many sets as possible, so you could just soak it in and just see what different people do to make or potentially make a successful film. And that's right. you know, that's what I usually recommend for it's everybody. Crazy. Now, like, there's a lot of newcomers now. Like, I was casting this cheerleader movie I was doing, and I was really because we have like a core of actors that we pretty much put in all our movies, and then we'll call a couple people that we worked with in the past to come in, you know, whatever. And for that movie, I was trying to get new, fresh talent coming in, and I put ads up in all the Facebook groups in Orlando, um, Tampa, Sarasota, like all around, and. I think I got 95 people submit their wow. resumes and stuff. And I would say 90% of them were from Orlando and every one of them, it seemed like was, they all had agents. I, I offered two lead roles to two actors and they said that their agent wouldn't let them be in the movie. I'm like, are oh, you yeah. freaking kidding yeah. me? Like your that. agents <laughs> telling you not to take a role. And you're in Florida, like, yeah. get a new agent. Like, yeah. that's just ridiculous. Yeah. I don't care what kind of movie it is. A role's a role. And if there's a place where you can showcase your talent, then I think you should take it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we had a, a girl in Zed's Dead that we, uh, she played Marilyn Monroe. And um, her name was Amber. And she was from Orlando. And she was awesome. And you could tell this wasn't the type of movie that, she normally is in yeah uh, i mean she works at like disney world or something and she's like, like a character and whatever and seemed a little kind of squeaky clean but she did it i mean she came in she yeah, gave it her 100 really percent, well. and she was awesome and um you know 
I feel like she showcased what she could do, you know, and um, somebody's going to see that movie and be like, hey, I'm looking for someone that is like her. You know, maybe I'll cast her in my comedy or whatever. Um, but, yeah, I, I always tell actors and anybody, crew, anybody that if there's something offered, you take it and try to get on every project that's going on. Um, that's just going to help you in the future. Yeah, definitely. Like we said before, we like to help out a lot of local people. Like for our audio guy was a guy that we met. Um, he used to work at a gym a while back, and we were talking to him about a film, but then we haven't talked to him for a couple, like a couple years. Yes, and then we were like, hey, let's call this guy up to do audio, and he really appreciated it. Um, his name's Ray. Uh, like I said, Brooks Bailey. Um, amazing guy. Amazing, amazing actor. Yeah, Brooks was in Zed's Dead. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's good. He, he can hold a, you know, he's a lot of dialogue, like you said before. Yeah, yeah. Movies are very dialogue heavy, and Do Not Disturb is a very heavy dialogue movie. <laughs> And, uh, and Brooks is very have gun will travel attitude, which is like mm-hmm. you said before, that's, that's what we look for. You know, it's the guy who wants you to talk to an agent or is telling you off. Yeah. You know, it's, it's like, it's crazy. No, no time yeah, for that. I, I want people who can go and want to be here. Yep. Yeah. I had a guy, I had a guy yell at me. Like he literally wrote me this long email telling me how insulted he was because of what we were going to pay the guy. And he, he was literally the role that he was going to be was like, a one day role. He was in like two scenes and he was yelling at me cause we were, you know what he was going to get paid. And his only credit on IMDb was party goer at some movie that never even came out. Wow, and I'm like, Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know I was talking to Tom Cruise. You know what I mean? So yeah, if you've got time, blew to, my mind. If you got time to send, you know, a director or anybody, a, strongly worded email you've got time to write your own script and go find your exactly own too. and what's funny is i i replied and i had this huge like just blasting them this huge email blasting them and right before i sent it i sat there and i deleted it and i wrote i'll just go ahead and cast someone else <laughs> that was yeah. all i said to him and 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 then now it's like every time i post an ad somewhere he'll comment you know oh find out how much you're getting paid first or these are the guys that offered me this amount of money. I'm just like, dude, like, come on, you know, but what sucks for him is I got a new movie coming out and we're hopefully going to have about a hundred <laughs> to $200,000 budget. And if he was cool about it, maybe he had a, a role for him exactly. where he would have got paid. You know what I mean? So don't burn your bridges, yep. especially in this area. Yep. Be, Especially me, because I know like every filmmaker in the area, <laughs> and guess who's going to get their name spread around? Yeah. You know what I mean? So offered him a uh, two piece and a biscuit, <laughs> right? Right. So tell me, uh, what's a what's the new one about? Um, finding purpose in life. Uh, we were really. What's it called again? Please do not disturb. Right. Um, we were inspired by film noirs. We we're uh, inspired by Simpsons. Uh, Wes Anderson films, um, The Shining, The Overlook Hotel. We were influenced by some of those things. Um, what was there? Was, there was uh, one thing we were really inspired by. Oh the, yes, the Russian sleep experiment. I don't know if you ever heard of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, it was. Uh, it, it's just like a story. We don't know if it's true or not. Is it a movie or is it a? No, it's a, okay. It's history. Oh, okay. It was uh, the, these three. Um, these Russians had these guys in prison. And they said, uh, if you can 
and they want to do an experiment where they let gas in a room and if they mm. can stay up for uh i think like 30 days or something they can be let go free and these guys are murderers never going to go anywhere so stay up for 30 days yeah, stay up for like 30 yeah, days they just made them stay up and they'd leak gas in the room to keep them awake so they couldn't pass out oh, and crap. it's it's all told through audio and <laughs> they're giving you like the reports on it a little bit at a time and it's like well they they pooped everywhere and smeared feces on the window so oh, yeah. they can't see and yeah. then when they finally go in you know the whole room's just hell guys just like, playing with his own guts yeah dude i i know a girl i know a girl that stayed up for like three straight days and she was fucking crazy yeah like she went nuts yeah they, like they it was so them. bad she had to drive she was driving home and the cops pulled her over and she like drove they shot her tires out <laughs> like that's how wow. crazy she got and she's like churchgoer like the most nicest person you ever met and that happened to her because she was driving taking care of her aunt driving from tampa to miami every day yeah and she wasn't sleeping yeah, I and don't that discriminate that happens that's crazy <laughs> well, sleep deprivation so these guys are yeah, serious so if you guys look into it uh, so these guys out, are playing but... with their guts and stuff huh? yeah no. <laughs> yeah so it's the russian sleep experiment with the that inspired us uh, about two years ago, and we were, like, making King James and things like that. We were, like, always kind of toying with it. What can we do? What can we do this? Day? And then people started making animated versions of it and taking the ideas, like, what can we still do? You know? Right? <laughs> and plus the virus hit, too. So it's yeah. kind of hard to do anything. So what can we do We didn't give a shit about the virus. We just kept virus. making stuff. So, <laughs> so Mike came up with the idea of, you know, maybe a hotel room, just have a couple people in a room. Right. Yeah, yeah and it's like everyone's already experiencing this isolation anyway, but we didn't want to come around with masks or make parodies right, right, of that, right, right. but work within those confines where it's like, we can't do a whole lot. We got to have a small crew. Let's work with that. So and is it almost like a cabin fever situation where they just kind of go crazy because they're stuck in a yeah, spot? Yeah. That meets a revenge where, um, if you watch in the, the teaser trailer, uh, yeah, I saw the teaser. uh, he pours coffee down, uh, Brooks's throat. Um, his character. That's kind of where we're going with keeping somebody awake. And how co long mm. could you keep someone awake if you had to keep them awake? And, right. You know, for what reason would you have to keep someone awake yeah. for so long? Yeah. You know? And that huh. was uh, Dustin Hubbard. He plays the the guy who's uh, kidnapping the other guy. Yeah, he it's plays uh, Craig Flanders. Sounds cool. Dude, the whole movie just kind of forces on the drink coffee and just constantly stay awake and talking you know, to him and. They further the plot, their relationship, why he's in the room with them, why is he forcing them to stay awake, what's, you know, what is his stake in it, and mm -hmm. then what does he want from Brooks? Is he trying to kill him? Where is he going with this? What's his end game and motive? And right. Is there any purpose behind it at all? He's huh. constantly messing with his head. You know, we want the audience to kind of be like, what the hell, man? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Who wrote this? Um, Did you guys co-wrote it or? Uh, Mike we, wrote most of it. He yeah, wrote, we, yeah, we write and direct everything together. Huh. Huh. I definitely have to check that one out. Because um, uh, I like movies where the directors or filmmakers put people in the perspective of, um, or just into the seats of whatever the characters are going through. And that's part of the artsy film. Um, because yeah. when you adopt the sounds and uh, put what's on film, you know how you put those together and make the the cat the audience feel that that i think that's a win-win yep when you do that and yeah, I, sure. I, I think that um wh when you 
the audio and what you see on film are so important and how they jive together is so key in making movies that people a lot of people don't understand that. It's like lyrics and beats. Yes. They go absolutely together. The dialogue with this and the environment and yeah. the props, they all they all tie in together and like he said, our films are real dialogue driven with these extreme characters yeah. but without exploitation. We have them address a lot of things like do you have a purpose in life? What makes you actually think that that's a real purpose? We address issues of morality. You know, is yeah. rape really wrong or is it a social taboo? Well, what if you were forced to stay awake till you figured it out? Yeah. What if a camera, you know, what if you were forced to figure it out? You know, these are things that we want to tackle with this film. We mm. always have something to say with the films, too. We do do a lot of stuff, but it's just like a pro wrestling match or a martial arts fight there's a story to be told yep you know it's not just a shoot them up or a sack and slash we got something to say with each film and like he was talking about our cinematic universe it very is it's much like a tapestry where we've woven it together if you were to watch our films with the sound off you would see the evolution of some of these people even though the names of the characters change right you see my cousin the ace who played sheriff ringo and later frank vincent in King James, you see his character progress, even though the names change. It's still like a band, you know, Metallica can sound different or Pantera, but they're evolving and mm -hmm. you're seeing yeah. it in front of you. And if you play it out, like we have a full album policy when it comes to listening to music, you should listen to the full album. If you're yep. going to listen, same with movies and watch it for a scene. That's no good. Yeah. One song or, Hey, listen to the sample. Well, what about the other 60 minutes of the, of the, of the album? You know, that's yeah. where we're coming from. Yeah. Every album has a story to tell. That's where yeah. they come well, up music, with a title. Music blows my mind. Like, I don't know how, like, I love music, but I'm not musically inclined. Like, the way that you can get a guitar, a bass, a drum, and a singer to, like, make a song, it, I don't get it. Like it, it, I don't it, understand it's it. It's an art. That's kind of it's how incredible. we do it to try to orchestrate it. Like mm -hmm. when Steve came from a musical background. He he does a lot of our composing and composition, um, and he made some independent music too. Same with my cousin. And I grew up with my father when he was around. He was playing music locally, uh, metal. So it was an extreme form, but yeah. that kind of plays in because we try to orchestrate where mm -hmm. we take these different ideas and try to put them on screen together to give you this moving picture. Yep. Right. Do you just do the score yourself, or do you hire out for that? Both. We got Joe yeah. Becker. He works with a lot of local uh, and independent filmmakers to yeah. put his music on there. Uh, Steve Joe does Becker's a lot of it. Joe been a really big help with this film. He's uh, He's been promoting it and stuff. We use a couple of his songs, so if you check him out on YouTube, Joe Becker. Uh, a lot of his music's really good. And, you yeah. know, he did music for all the local filmmakers, check him out. Use his music. He's a great dude. He did the music for Creakers. Uh, that was another movie of ours. That's how we met him. He uh, he tapped us. And Where, did you get Did you get that name because of Creek County? Like those are people from Creek County Creakers. Yeah, pretty. Because when I was a kid, we used to call <laughs> like people that were kind of scummy and poor. We call them Creakers. Mm -hmm. And when you guys came out with that movie, I was like, "What the freak!" Like. How did they know this word? Because it was like <laughs> with my, you know, like the kids in the neighborhood. That's what we came up with was that guy's a creaker. 
because he looked like yeah, pretty much. Yeah, you know, pretty rock bottom horror. creek, and then the second one's Creek County, and then the third one's just creek. yeah. It was like <laughs> Rock Bottom Creek's about this incident that happens in the creek, and then Creek County's just kind of the overall vibe. This place is full right. of scumbags, and and then Creekers is like we took to catch a predator and then mixed it with some other stuff. <laughs> uh, I love and, that show. Yeah, and so yeah, it's it's about the people here and how they interact and. Right. how the process unfolds in Creek County. Now, is it like a real location like, or is it a fictitious location? Uh, it's between Plant City and Polk County. So Rock Bottom <laughs> Creek's a real place? Uh, Stephen King writes real places. Are I got you. <laughs> okay, okay. So it's a, a place that actually exists, but it's kind of made up. Yeah. Yes, pretty exactly. Much. Okay. Rural they Florida. went there. They went to some location and said, this is Creek County. <laughs> <laughs> It's a at the corner of you got a purdy mouth and real <laughs> guys <laughs> and, and and methadone. <laughs> Good times. So, so that one, that film is done. That, that film is already. You're not disturbed. Yes. Yes, we finished filming that and it's in post production now. We're putting the score to it. We're gonna tap probably. We've worked with Mike Bonacore from Burial. Let's see the drummer in the past. Um, we're gonna take it approach where Steve puts the film together and then kind of works with them instead of trying to do it and then changing the movie or editing things yeah. and then trying to, to put the music in at the same time. So yeah, you but, guys were putting the music in before you had the, the edit? Um, when we changed things, we would have to shorten the, the length of the track. Right, right, right. So, uh, yeah, typically we live and learn. Yeah, typically yeah. we would finish the edit and then put the music in. You know what I mean? Or at least finish the scene. And then put yeah, the music in. Try to finish the scene, but then it gets really exciting. You know, it's like, man, yeah. I need to score to this like right now. <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> and I text Mike, hey Mike, I need this score. Like here, check this scene out. And uh, man, he was awesome working King James score for yeah. us. Man, Do you have a release date chosen or idea of where and when it's going to be released or how it's going to be released? Um, Not really how long it's going to be in post production. Yeah. Uh, yeah, usually Chris uh, going to help out with uh, Yeah, I'm coming over to his house tomorrow to help him. Nice. Yeah, awesome. We got really a lot of montages that I, I need help with and just uh, you know, yeah. Chris going to look yeah. over the film and cuz I know put what it I'm in his doing. hands. So if it's no good, Chris. <laughs> I know. <laughs> fucking Chris is false. You <laughs> ruined the movie. Chris, oh. Chris is like Hollywood takes our vision away. <laughs> it's like, oh, I'm going to rewrite this, move this around, and, you know, rewrite the story a little bit, you know. Yeah, you told me the cut's at like two hours right now. Oh. No, it went down. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, I, I chopped some stuff up. We had to uh, do some reshoots with Brooks. Um, so it, I think it's about 135 right now, and now we're in 35. Okay. Um, but That's I think a good round. once you see the montages and you help with the montages and stuff, and there's an added scene, hopefully it'll be around 140 is – you know our goal, maybe right. less. A pretty long feature film. Yeah, pretty long feature. Man, when we did Creekers, like the final cut was like three hours and oh. twenty minutes. Oh. <laughs> yeah, but what's incredible about this movie that is an hour and forty minutes is they shot it in two days. <laughs> oh, for do not disturb. Yeah. yeah. Wow. I mean, we shot we shot Zed's Dead in five. Yeah. And Naked Cannibal Campers in, I think, was it five or six? I don't, and I thought that you guys was added crazy. some stuff too. So I don't. I don't well, know. we had, we had. Let's see, we shot four days, and then we needed I think I was more on set for. Four we needed four more, days. so we shot one more day. We added stuff for one more day, and how um, long? So were there were days? five days. Um, like ten hours, right? Eight, yeah. ten hours, filming. Yeah, I think so. Uh, 
I don't know. That was pretty long days. But right? we didn't. In a couple days. Like, we don't screw around. Like, we're moving the yeah. camera yeah, shooting. Yeah, moving the camera were. shooting. Like, we're not I remember for the main having three elaborate days, light setups. And all I remember the main three days at the cabin was long days. Yeah. Like, yeah. The last day, the last day we shot, I think we were there for, like, 12 hours. Yeah. And through, most through of it night, was too. because we, we finished and we had a couple night scenes and we had to wait for it to get the dark. Yeah. So, yeah, um, the campfire scene. But yeah, we didn't we didn't have a elaborate light setups. A lot of it was outside, yeah. which was nice. Well, it was also early had, COVID. Too. And we had really good weather. I mean, we, I think it rained one day for yeah. like, what twenty minutes, and yeah, that was it, was it. It was around lunchtime. But it was uh, it was a good shoot. Like it was yeah, perfect. Good people. And, um, great, great cast. Quick. Yeah. moving um and then zed's dead was more like we built a pawn shop and what like 90 percent of the movies at the pawn shop well yeah maybe less than that. maybe 80 percent of the movies at the pawn shop and then we had 20 percent at sean's house nice. you know that was zed and maynard's uh house was there was his trailer and um but yeah, other than that, two locations we shot it over five days. Dead residence was for eleven hundred dollars. Dead residence was that one house that was it. It was like terrible. oh yeah, dead residence. The, the found footage mm-hmm. movie. Yeah, we saw that. At the oh, end. you saw that? But Sorry to hear that. It, um, it wasn't a bad movie. That's what I'm it, saying. Everybody it, it, likes it, man. And I'm it, just like being it, shot. Of like this is the worst it, movie. It just ever made. it was just drawn out a little too much. It was just <clears> just this couple of security scenes were just too long. Yeah, it had a lot of that was technical it. stuff that was not good and like some of the, the lighting and the security footage was too dark and yeah. you know when the, he tried to light it up it looked like shit yeah, yeah everybody i talked to said they liked it yeah we got good reviews and, yeah so, i mean like i'm a diehard right. found footage and that's the thing me and shot hate found footage movies yeah but we were like i think we can make this pretty easily you know like we don't really have to do anything and it was funny because when we were on set it was almost like we were making our very first movie all over again because we had no clue what the hell we were yeah, doing. I was, was going to ask you, like, how do you, if you don't the, like it, what do you base it off? Of? Yeah, like <laughs> the actors, hate. the actors were like holding the phone, filming themselves, and what's hard about found footage is is trying to you can't write it. the story to where why are these people filming themselves? You know what I mean? Um, that's the hardest part is giving these people a reason to film themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but also framing, you have to rely I on. We did okay. You have to rely on them holding the yeah, camera, like them holding the camera, like the framing. But after every take, we would review it and yeah, move on or reshoot it. You um, have to hide in the room. Oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah, duck oh, yeah. hide in the room. Yeah, they're all like that's the thing. You're, you're the director, like you can't even be in the room. Like yeah. you got to be in the other room while they're walking around with the cell phone. When they did the uh, the Blair Witch, the directors weren't even around. Yeah, they just gave them the yeah. cameras, told them to go back in the woods. We're gonna chill here. They had yeah. radios. They were yeah. talking to them on radios, yeah. like yeah. like we want we want you to be scared here, okay? Just scared. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. So and you're basically directing a movie by watching what they filmed. Yeah, and yeah. It's, it's a it's a weird dynamic. But um, yeah, we got through it. I think with the the lighting on some of the security feed, it's just I think is mostly the camera because the yeah, lighting is on we that used camera. A, we used a, a normal DSLR camera to shoot. Actually, I think we used the T3. Sony. It was a Canon. It was a Canon. Yeah. Uh, so we used a Canon nice. T3i for the security footage, yep. um, and then we used the Samsung S9 for the yep. movie. And the footage, we had a monitor because I'm placing a camera in the corner. And I couldn't see the viewfinder. I couldn't see where it was going. So we hooked a monitor up to it. And I think the monitor was too bright. So it looked good. But 
actually the footage yeah, the was nets not are, good. The, the nits were pretty high on that. So I told Sean, I was like, we need to get back in this house and reshoot this security footage. Yeah. And the uh, the guy that owned the house wouldn't like so respond to us, so we couldn't get man. back into the house. And so we were like, well, we got to live with it. It is what it is. What are you going to do? But this house was disgusting. Oh. Like oh. it was like you, it was one of those houses where you walk in and you feel like you're getting a disease. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It looked like it too. Like you feel dirty and like it would be great for like a Rob Zombie movie, you know, like the dirty, nasty hillbillies. You know, during Rock Bottom Creek, he, he, he fell on the floor and once seen when he got back up, there was roach like <laughs> Don't move, dude. Oh. I don't want to tell them exactly so what it is, is until they're off. Uh, we left it. What was Bro. it? The bed. We let, the oh, bed was God. like there was fire. Yeah, from like we looked it up the mattress and it was wet, but for, or previously burned. It had been burned out Dang. underneath the mattress. Like, it, like I mean, where was this at? Uh, <laughs> Masters Inn. Over oh, it was a fucking hotel. Yeah. Oh my. Bad. God, it, he wrote a scene where I had it. I had to literally uh, like put my head in the toilet bowl. So, like we had to clean it. Oh my God, it was so disgusting. Gross. But I did it. I had to do it. You know. Did you guys report that place? Uh, like, did you report that place a, for help? Flop house. They don't give a shit. Yeah, hey, we got the same thing that they got. You know. Oh. Yeah, we shot yeah, a herpes. I shot a, <laughs> I shot a movie, a, a, a music video at um, what the hell is that place on? It's over near St. Pete. Um, there's like a row where there's like all these crap hotels. Um, anyway, I can't remember the name of it. Anyway, we, we shot there and I walked in and there's like porn playing on the TV. It smelled like smoke so bad. Oh. I thought I was getting cancer. And then mirrors on the ceiling. Oh, and I was God. like, this is a perfect. Oh it was a perfect location for the music video. It was about a guy that's uh, about to go shoot people. And he was like struggling with himself and uh Ugh. like real seedy looking and yeah, you're nice. just like i need to get the hell out of here but but this dead residence house like you walk in your skin just uh, crawls it was so gross. like it, it, i think there's like black mold or mold like you like we all got gross. sick after filming it and i got these um i kept getting bit by i guess mosquitoes were biting my ankles and i don't know for some reason mosquitoes like my ankles anyway um after like a week they became like this crusty, like oh. weird wow. rash on my that. ankles. Like it was disgusting. I, I didn't get that. And <laughs> my lungs to... were just killing me after after a day of shooting. Yeah, it was there. gross. So it was all like like scarry. Like it was weird. And uh, luckily, my sister worked for a skin doctor. She gave me some ointment. stuff to put on it. Some but, ointment. Uh, it was gross. <laughs> like these mosquitoes must have had something and. But this is the stuff that we pay for for uh, being such low budget and being exactly. in this industry. Right. <laughs> this is the exactly. stuff we deal with. Uh, imagine if we had some big budgets. We could actually go to like decent hotels. And, but I don't know if the stories would you know mold into it, or we could just build them, build the sets somewhere if we had the yeah. budget. Build the CD hotel. Yeah, just <laughs> just I don't know, just a front floor. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Have you ever heard of a film called Like Animator? Like animator, like yeah. animator, yeah, it's Dustin Hubbard, didn't it? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. When they when they shot that film with uh, Joel and everything, the house they got, they had to wear when they weren't shooting, they had to wear masks because they had so much mold in the space. Oh, that's what we should have did. And then, you horrible. know, you can literally get sick. They said, like, man, I heard like horror stories from all the actors and everything. With you know, like gross. Oh, that's what you got to do. Oh yeah, like what I said, we do for the art. Yeah, the environment that we deal with. It's just. 
terrible. Yes. So, so do you guys have anything else in the pipeline? You guys uh, planning on any, uh, anything else? Any stories that you guys want to tell? Uh, How many features have you guys made total so far? Uh, with him and I at the helm, six. Six. And I think we've produced... Whereas we massacre nine with him yeah. doing editing and things like that. I'm working like, with uh, Dustin Hubbard and Seaward mm-hmm. a lot. Um, uh, he's given me a lot of work to help him out with and stuff. So we're working right. together. And that's you know. Yeah. And then filming wise, we've got we've got one major product that we we work on and hold, um, and we are building that one up slowly. You know, for the when the time is right to pitch it and promote it and things like that. Yeah. And you guys could do like a teaser trailer for it and then no. sell it like that? No. Nope. Yeah. This one's going to be – it'll be the masterpiece. Okay. And it, it'll probably be a few films out there. Right. You know. It's uh, yeah. How many DVDs do you – like say Creek County, how many guys, How many DVDs did you guys sell for that? For Creek, for Creek County? Creek County was one of our biggest sellers. Yeah, because it was our like sort out of them all. Yeah, I think we sold – oh, man. I we just keep getting copies yeah. made, 100, 100, 100, 100, 100. Oh, they wow. sell out. We get more made. So, so you, you think you guys sold like 500 copies? or Creek County, probably. I Holy mean, but Rock crap. Bottom That's Creek, unbelievable. We've yeah. sold, I, man, Rock Bottom Creek, we've moved a lot. Like, it's over 5,000 for Rock Bottom Creek. So, where where do you the promote other these? Films weren't those. You've okay, sold 5,000 copies of Rock Bottom Creek? That's getting okay. it out there. And Holy us, us shit. Find it and what version? It to people. I, that's uh, unbelievable. I have a couple of friends, Andrew Garcia, every time I, I talk to him. Yeah, so that's unbelievable. For years, like, we sell 100 copies. Years. I'm happy. <laughs> like, some people have, like, four different versions. Every time I talk to Andrew Garcia, I'm like, hey, we're putting out another version of Rock Bottom Creek. Man, I already own five copies of this freaking movie. How many? Yeah, he likes the different How do you, you guys sell so many copies? The, the conventions. Just conventions? With our, with our backgrounds, you know, I work for a retail movie stop uh, right. in Brandon. I worked yeah. there for like 20 years, and, and Mike, you know. We're really physical dudes when it comes to doing Right, this. that's like, how we feel. Like, we don't want it to go on, away. You know, yeah. you got to hook every single person that walks by your table at right. a convention. You got to hook them in. And what's cool is you guys are, like, super cool guys, and you're, like, magnetic like people want to talk to you and be around you and um so i, I guess that helps how people far do hate, you guys go out people for hate my ass so that's probably why i don't sell anything well, you, yeah, <laughs> i mean no comment but um how far do you guys go out for like conventions like where do you guys just stay pretty much in the area or just any area you guys do spooky too mm-hmm. yep. yes every, yeah we usually try to do spooky every time and you guys make your it. money back on the table that's oh, yeah because oh, yeah. they're crazy high right what are they like two fifty or something? To... Around there, two fifty, three hundred. And you're there all all three days. Yeah. Are y'all gonna be up there in Orlando? I think uh, the, at the end of the, the, end year, of the month? I think we're thinking about doing it. Uh, we just gotta we just get product made. Yeah, because they got uh, it's April thirtieth up there. Um, and Sean uh, contacted us, so I think we're gonna do the next. Campaign yeah, yeah, the next one too. in July. Cool. Oh yeah, I forgot he's doing a second one in yeah. July. Yeah, that's so cool that he does that too, man. I don't think people really appreciate how much ass he busts oh, to pull people in. He works for like probably seven or eight months putting that together, yeah, and he really doesn't make that much money. Like he makes some money, but it's not what you think. Mm-hmm. Like people probably think he makes twenty, thirty thousand dollars. He don't make anywhere near that. But it's so awesome. Um, but it's fun, you know. It, yeah, he, yeah. he enjoys. I think he enjoys getting the community together. Um, getting the you know the B movie mm-hmm. horror movie people in there. Um, like I said, it's all about the community. But we, we want what we want to do is just outreach it more. Right. We, we want to reach further. We got a little hub now. We want to grow that hub exactly. somehow. So <laughs> yeah, he's get, I mean his thing's really getting fun. bigger and bigger. Yeah. Every year it's bigger and better. 
Um, you know, and that's how Spooky started. I mean, Spooky was like the small. Actually, I think they used to do it in the place he's doing it now. And it started small and then just grew and grew and grew. And now look at it. I mean, it's just like ridiculous. Yeah. The guests they get. And I mean, they're at the convention halls. And What do they charge for like rentals of those places? Like for the a Ramada? table? No, no, for the. Oh, for the rental? I don't, I don't even know. I can't. I lie. think Sean pays like maybe a thousand bucks to yeah. rent that place for two days. Well, wow. It's not too bad. It's not bad. No. Putting it's it together, not terrible. you know, uh, yeah, that's with a lot the of table work. sales and yeah. stuff, right. and you know, please. And he he back. he likes the hotel conventions. Like I don't think he'll ever try to grow as big as Spooky and get like you know Tampa Convention Center or anything like that. Hey, he likes the. <laughs> yeah, I know if it happens, you can't it happens. control it. If it happens, yeah. but he likes keeping it keeping it. Intimate. Intimate and, yeah. and small. And, uh, well, you can know. understand Yeah, it's that. really fun. It has its really advantages yeah. you know, for Sean to do it yeah. like that. It's cool because you can just walk up to somebody and talk to them and not have to pay $30 to talk exactly. to this person. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's how spooky it is, man. Like, you got to wait in the line. You get you got to pay 50 bucks to get an autograph or a picture. And you get to talk to the person for, like, 30 seconds, you know, after I just waited in line for 20 minutes. And if you see that person walking, you know, you as for a picture, oh, no, man, I can't. If right. they see, I can get in trouble. It's like, really, dude? What? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We had it happen with a couple of the celebrities. So, no, man, we can't get your picture. Uh, yeah, if they see us, if they see me do Is this. Is that from the people at the, the convention? Yeah. Like the, the, yeah. the directors of the, the convention? Yeah, like the actors and stuff. Oh. Famous horror actors. No, I mean, like, so they restrict you from only being. Oh, like yeah, a, yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. I didn't know anything about you that. You can't just walk around taking pictures, you know, because... What it, kind of community is that well, building? Uh, yeah. Mike Spinelli, <laughs> though, the guy from uh, the incident where he held the door for, um, what's his name, from Big Wine. Trouble? Yeah, James, James Wine. Wine. Uh, Mike Spinelli, you know, he was in King James, uh, former movie stop manager. He, we had him in one of the films. He uh, held the door for James James Wine. Yeah. From uh, Big Trouble Little China. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and he ended up it's funny you like, chose that of all the movies he's made. I like that movie. <laughs> the Conjuring, Insidious, like he did all those. Well, Kurt Russell, you know. Yeah. Of course. Love Kurt Russell. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so we helped you tell so the door yeah, open. Yeah, and then he ended up getting like hooked up with him, uh, you know, later on. Helping got, him like, out. Dude, autograph and carried his stuff around. Oh, shit. Yeah, just because he held the door and nice. ended what? up hitting it off. Hey, you held the door for me. Work for me now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're mine. You work. <laughs> but that's, that's the whole thing about the community. Like, yeah. like that's what I love about the community. Like, that's what I like about Sean's thing is like you can just literally walk up to the table just start talking to him mm-hmm. for as long as you want. And, yeah, you I don't mean, need to. Feel nobody scared. really has lines. Yeah, you know, Marilyn no, no Eastman, pitches. the last one, had a line for a, a couple hours. But other than that, I mean, just walk up. Yeah, yeah talk, talk to him, converse, the deal with the agent. Going, oh well, you know, you're hearing about this guy in third person, or you, hey, I'm a big fan. Yeah, he hears you. You know, it's a, <laughs> right. I'm, I want to talk to the star. Right? Yeah, it's... right. And the other thing that's cool is, you know, for naked cannibal campers, um. You know, Sean had built a relationship with Jill Whitlow just by being in the at the conventions, mm-hmm. and she came out and was in the beginning of the movie. Yeah, oh, cool. Yeah, yeah <laughs> so that was neat. Yeah, I, I actually never seen any of her movies before that. She was in Night of the Creeps, Weird Science. Did you ever see Weird Science? Yeah, she was the perfume girl in Weird in Weird Science. I have it somewhere. I'd have to. When go he back walks and... up to buy perfume for the yeah. girlfriend and yeah, starts talking to her. I, I can't picture her face. Old. Yeah, that that movie's yeah. Yeah, she's, I have it on Blu-ray somewhere. She's somewhere. 80s. Yeah, she's very big. 
Okay. You gotta yeah, watch so Night of the Creeps. So yeah, Night of the Creeps was a cool classic. Movie. When did that come out? 80-something. Yeah. Mid-80s. I'd have to find it somewhere. Because uh, right now, when I look on like Firestick, there's a lot of movies that I, I just can't find. Like there's yeah. some, like I think of one. It's like, why is this not on there? Like why can't I can't find any copies and I have to look up where is this streaming? And then a lot of times it's not streaming anywhere. I'm yeah, like, what, that's what, what sucks. Because yeah, I, pay, I pay for all these freaking streaming sites. Yeah. And when I want to watch something, hey, I want to watch Amazing Spider-Man. Yeah, you can't find it anywhere. Yeah. It's yeah. almost about time for TV Guide to make the streaming guide where you have the right. book. Look yeah, that's actually a good idea. idea. Where are you streaming it? That's actually a good <laughs> idea. Or just a, just a search engine on just on like just build a website search engine like and it yeah. just connects to all different. I mean, there's like literally like six sites that I use and yeah. I gotta open every one, search every single yeah. one, and search for the movie, and then it's not there. And you're just like, and and by the like the fourth different engine, you're like. Oh my God! Now I don't even remember what I wanted to oh, watch. Oh, I found it. Oh, I got to rent it for three ninety nine. So great to have physical media, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's what's cool you know, about it. Family wants to watch a movie, they can't find it on streaming. I'll go downstairs, pull out the Blu-ray. There, there you is. go. Oh yeah. I, I, and I, what's cool though, you, what I miss about streaming is you know all the special features like the behind-the-scenes stuff and the interviews. Yeah, you and can't watch any of that. Nope. Director commentaries, like they don't have that on streaming, and that's what kind of sucks. And I think that might be what's keeping physical around a little bit. Yeah. I mean, it's not like, I don't know if you've been to Best Buy lately, but the DVD oh, horrible, section is getting smaller and smaller. I yeah. hate it. I went there one day and it was just one row. I'm like, are you yeah. serious? Target, yeah. I, I remember I used to just go in there and just walk, look, walk around and say, which ones I don't have, which one I want. Like it, uh, the whole day I would just spend just going through the entire shelving. Now one rack, like it's terrible, terrible. Yeah. It used to be like what, fifteen, like they said, the VHS, Blu-rays, DVDs, like it was. Crazy. I used to have a huge section. Oh yeah, it used to be the entire center of the store. Right. I just, I just miss those days, the more physical days of uh, physical media, and it's yeah. just going away to the uh, the wayside. People and, are still buying it. I mean, yeah. I, I resell. If you can find it, I'm a reseller. You know, I find stuff at yard sales and resell it, and. I find Blu-rays for fifty cent or a dollar, and I'll sell them for ten, twelve bucks online. Yeah. Um, and I sell maybe ten, fifteen a week. Nice. So there, people are buying them. And that's what's keeping industry alive: the resellers, the resellers, like even pawn shops. There's pawn shops that yeah. have like, re- like oh, yeah. thousands of just I hit copies. Up pawn shops all the time. Yeah, oh, I, I love going to pawn shops. Love going to pawn shops to find these awkward, obs- obscure mm-hmm. movies. And, and they're cheap too, like yeah. three dollars a Blu-ray, and like yeah. DVDs are like fifty cents. Yep. It's like I, I love it. I love going to those pawn shops, thrift shops, and just finding just obscure stuff like that. I mm-hmm. do that all the time, um, just for DVDs. I don't really get anything else like he does. Like he does all the resell of a lot of other knickknacks. I just can't find anything. Yeah, he had a pretty decent selection of books too at the last. Time. Oh yeah, yeah. those were all the books that we just had for a long time. Yeah, just didn't sell. Actually, all that stuff we were selling was that, <laughs> you know, like we will buy 10 things, we'll sell six of them, and then we got four that don't sell for some reason, and then we just bring them to Sean's thing, yeah. and sell um, them there, or people, do people a yard sale or whatever, and get rid of them. Yeah, people just find something catches their eye, just buy yeah. it. You know? Like, it's, a lot of times that's just, you know, it's not really what they're looking for. It's just, oh, look, oh, look at that. Right. <laughs> oh, I love those. Oh, yeah, it's that. We pop for it and buy it real quick. Yep. So uh, other than that, um, so you do have that ma- you have a major project in planning. You're still trying to work on that, um, and you don't have a date yet for your uh, release. We're probably looking in the fall. Fall. 
I'm still blown away how many DVDs you guys sell. Like, that's actually <laughs> incredible. That's, that's He's going to dream time. about that. He's like, why can't I sell 5,000? Incredible. Why can't I sell 5,000? That's, that's a long <laughs> period of time Rock Bottom Creek's been out. You know? Yeah, but, yeah, but still, I don't think he's got 5,000 sold altogether. <laughs> of all his you movies, you can take all up. my movies and put them together and his end sold shots. maybe like 300. <laughs> we also have the benefit of Movie Stop, too, when, when yeah. Rock Bottom Creek came out. And yeah. we, they did an in store release party for us. Oh, nice. And I wound up selling it there. I just threw a couple stickers on them, just yeah. sold them. They're not there anymore, right? No. no. Well, where was that place? That, that sounds familiar. It was in Brandon on Causeway. It was in that little couple. shopping center. Yeah. Okay, I used to go in there. It's the Mellow Mushroom. Yes, mm-hmm. I used to go in there. I whenever I was in Brandon, some awkward time, like I was just randomly being Brandon. I'm like, oh, let me stop in there. And I guess it just wasn't there one day. I was like, where, where did it go? Yeah, <laughs> a big company called Hastings took it over, and they didn't know what they were doing business wise. <sighs> I and hate stuff. that yeah. stuff. Next thing, incorporate pop pop culture into the movies with masks and shirts and, and posters and, and they pushed books. all the movies to one side and then they had all this like merch on one side so they basically it turned into like, like a hot topic stuff. the early hot topic yes they pretty much yes. like game stuff well early hot topic was actually really good like but then they got they very commercial opened, yeah yeah they were amazing when they first yeah opened. the first when they first opened and then they want commercial stuff. and they just wanted to you know comic t-shirts and yeah. all that stuff like now I, I don't even recognize it anymore. Right. And like Spencer's, I don't know, is there a Spencer's here? Yeah, there's Spencer's yeah. here. I'm from Jersey, so the Spencer's. Right yeah, I'm from Jersey also. Yeah. Oh, nice. That's another from Jersey. I'm from Jersey. Jersey. I'm from Atlantic City. Part of our contingent nice. is from his Pennsylvania and Jersey friends. Oh, nice. Came nice. Yeah, I'm from Atlantic City, New Jersey. Atlantic City High. My mom's going to Atlantic City next week. Nice, nice, nice. nice. Small yeah. world. It is. And like how you're talking about with the community earlier, that's kind of what we were establishing without even knowing there was the community to be a bigger community to be part mm-hmm. of. Yeah. Because with the We Massacre brand, we promoted as the Saul's family. We used that Chainsaw Massacre line. Yeah. The Saul's right. family. Because uh, we promote it like that. We're family based. We try to keep things small and tight knit on, on set. Yep. Uh, it's all about love while we're doing it. We're trying to have a good time, get something out there, and be proud of it in the end, you know, mm-hmm. and not be ashamed of it. Or, yeah, we made this movie, but you know, it was like we we wear it on our sleeve proudly, you know, like he actually has it on the sleeve. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I wear my brand, right? <laughs> you have to. And, yeah. And we try to make it like a family. We recruit. We try yeah. to get in good and make friends with people instead right. of just being us as an actor. That's and, smart. Yeah, yeah. We that's were, what I was telling um, that young filmmaker that was with us a couple of weeks ago. I was like, be friends with someone that knows how to shoot. Be friends with someone that knows how to do mm-hmm. audio, and you direct, and you all write together and make the movies together. Like, you don't need a huge crew to no. make a movie. Like, we made Zed's Dead with like three people. It was me, Sean, and we had a girl doing Slate, and Sean was doing FX. You know, I was moving lights around when we had lights. Um, and the girl was holding the boom once in a while. Like it was yeah. like we used lav mics mostly mm-hmm. for the movie. So we didn't really need to mess with audio that much. And then some scenes we needed a boom. Um, and the script girl would hold the boom. Yeah. <laughs> like, a lot of times you don't need big, big we don't uh, need big crews. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what yeah. I was trying to tell this girl. Like she had this huge crew and she felt like she needed a second AD and a second camera yeah. and like all this stuff. And I'm like, you're making a, you can make a movie for like $2,000. If you do it the right way. Yeah. So well, she met this guy that shoots and, yeah. and edits. And, and so I think them together, they can make, you know, and she actually messaged me 
um, saying that I inspired her to make a movie with a small crew and she's good. working on a script awesome. right now. And good. That's like, great. Awesome. Oh, yeah. Good, good. But yeah, she spent like $20,000 on this feature. And I'm just like, damn, I could have made like five movies with $20,000. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but that's what you got you to gotta learn. And, you know, being at a young age, like like that, like she is, like, yeah, I was you, just, it's a lot of bumps and bruises that you're going to get. You're going to get kicked around. You're going to get thrown around. You know, it's, right. Chris did a, uh, like a was a symposium, but you had a uh, I don't remember. It was um you addressed a large crowd at your former studio. Oh yeah, it was like a, that, and we talked about it to the crowd, <clears throat> which is man, this takes a lot out of you. You got to be willing oh, to sacrifice and lose. You're yeah. gonna lose yeah. a lot. Yeah, I've always told people it's not easy to make a movie. Like it's very difficult mm-hmm. and it's very stressful. It consumes your life while yeah, you're what while you're writing to the end product. It consumes you. Like, it does. You don't have time for anything involved. else. And, um, you know, if anybody, if it was easy, everybody would do it. But yep. it, you got to have a very big will. Well, like I said, a lot of people, a lot of people it. think they know how to do it. A lot yeah. of people think they it's, know how that we can, they can do it. Or, they don't understand what goes into it. It's like, so it's, intricate. It's it's so hard. Yeah, the and, intricacies um, of just putting it all together. It, it like I said, it's poetry. And I feel like I say this every week, but yeah. making a movie is a miracle. Yep. Any movie that's ever made, I don't care if they got a dollar or, or $300 million, it's a miracle that yeah. the movie is Exists. like you have a copy of a Blu-ray in your hand. Mm-hmm. It's that's a miracle. Awesome, yeah. And, and what, to your point, what you uh, mentioned, uh, I don't remember if her name was Mace or the movie, but you mentioned her. Um, Mace is the young director. Okay, yeah, Mace. Mace saying that she was inspired by you to make another film and keep the uh, the cast or the crew low yep. and things like right. that. That inspiration goes a lot further. It, it lasts a lot longer on this earth than anything else. Sure. It, it is leaving that and passing it on. Because right. we've experienced it by listening to bands like Chimera or Gojira or Joy Division mm-hmm. and we're seeing movies and then you kind of take that and the yep. miracle of it produces another one and then somebody sees that and then they go, man that'd be cool and then you're like right. you either help them do it or bring them on and be like hey, yeah you want right. to come see maybe we can help you. and that's the thing in our area with our level of talent there's no reason to make a movie for more than five thousand dollars like yeah. that should be the actual max that yeah. you make a movie for like, because you can't make it back mm-hmm. like you there's no platforms out there to be able to make five thousand dollars back like I told you, with Housewife Slasher, we had three thousand dollars was our budget. Nice. I made that whole mud budget back on my two premieres at the Movie Co. Mm-hmm. But you can't do that anymore. Like there's no yeah. way to do that. Yeah. So now we do Indiegogo, and Sean's got a a big enough fan base to where we know we're making five thousand dollars. We could put yeah, a pile of shit good. up there, and we're gonna make five grand. We just know because all his fans are gonna buy it, and it, it sucks that we can't. Like make more, yeah. You know, we'd like, like just to make, limited. We'd like to make ten grand and then use that money to make a couple movies. But we front the money, make the movie, put out a trailer, put out the Indiegogo, make the money back, and then we move on to the next project. And it's kind of this running formula where we're obviously not getting rich doing this, but we're making a small profit and we're having fun doing it. It's it's yeah. fun to me. Like and, I said, it's, uh, it's paying the bills, it's keeping everything on, it's keeping everything right. interesting, it keeps the, the ball mo- rolling. Pretty much what it is. Um, what I would say is um, build a foundation of people, a core around of people, and you can make thousands of movies. Look at look look the guys from Super Troopers. Look at the guys from like just any movie 
um, construct like that. Kevin yeah. Smith. Yeah, yeah. Ke- Kevin Smith. Built. Small g- group of people and just he got all his buddies together, made clerks for yeah. twenty grand, and then look what he's built. Well, I mean, that guy's on everything. Adam Sandler too. Adam Sandler has a core of people that he just works with and he knows yeah. what they expect from him and he just puts them in all his movies. That's a little different though. Like I feel like Kevin Smith was like us. Like yeah. And I still think he's like us. Well, he's, also from Jersey. he's got bigger budgets, <laughs> but I think he's like us. Like he, he got his buddies together, yeah. wanted to make a movie. He's just super talented writer. Yep. And he's got the vision. He's got the vision of just what, But that what guy's works. in everything. Like yeah. he's in comic books now. He's in yep. movies. Like he just does all right. kinds of stuff. Love Kevin right, Smith. And um when you usually read these autobiographies and biographies by directors and filmmakers, it usually starts out not like us or Kevin Smith, where it's like, yeah, I had an idea, and then this guy donates fifty thousand dollars, right. and my dad happened <laughs> to have a production company. Exactly. And, oh my God. You know, we're real indie, and we're right. the ones kicking out the indie. Yeah. Real indie, no. you know, we're real indie. Like make a movie for three grand. That's I consider indie. myself indie, but my dad's a billionaire and gave me the money. You right. Know, and I first movie nah. was in a studio, but I'm an independent. Yeah, <laughs> no good. I just I don't know, but but it we got to keep this community going. We got to put as much out there, and we want to just for us to get built. We have to you know get a good platform, get a good foundation, and just grow this community even more. So like I said, it's shrinking a little bit because people are leaving, mm-hmm. and because of the. But we have to do what we can to. Yeah, trying to get new fresh talent is very difficult. It is. I've found it is so. We got to do something. We got to create this big hub where people are going to be attracted to this area again. Right. Make it. Let's make it like another Atlanta. I think the problem is young people nowadays are like entitled and they feel like, oh, you yeah. should be paying me five hundred dollars a day. I know I haven't ever acted before. <laughs> yeah. Like, well, there's unrealistic what? expectations of yeah of what oh that guy made x amount of yeah. Money. Sean <laughs> Sean was saying you know people think that we're making yeah. thousands and thousands of dollars because we make movies and we're rich and. Yeah. Well, no, also that's they, so far from the truth. Also, they see feature film. They're yeah. like, oh, okay, budget. That's <laughs> like, so far exactly. from the truth. Like, we don't make shit, man. Like, yeah. And, and we make probably less now than we used to because mm. there's no platforms. Like, physical media, nobody's hardly buying it. Streaming services are shit. Like, yeah. You can't make money on them. The distri- if you get a distribution deal, they, they rip the hell out of you. <laughs> yeah. They rip you off. Like, it's crazy. Like, I see, I see, uh, Dustin going to Wild Eye, man. Yeah, a couple movies like Animator to uh, Ouija Mummy. So bad. Just got put out. I don't really know any details about it. He yeah. talks to me about it. Let me tell you about Wild Eye. So um, I don't care if I'm on a radio. I'll, I'll tell him. <laughs> um, so I, when I did Housewife Slasher, I, I, back when Amazon was different, like I put um, Housewife on Amazon just to stream. Uh, you can rent it for three ninety nine or buy it for nine ninety nine. And I just put it up there and just left it. I, I never promoted it or did yeah. anything. And I was making like 150 to 200 dollars a month, just having it sit there, and people were finding it and renting it. It's awesome. Um, so it was up there for maybe six, eight months. And Wild Eye approached me, and they were like, "Hey, we want to distribute your movie. You know, we made it look real pretty. We'll give you half half the profits, the net profits, mm-hmm. blah blah blah." So we'll do a four-year deal. Cool. I'm excited. This is my second movie I ever made. I'm excited that a distributor wants to distribute it. Yeah. Signed up. In four years, I made $312. Wow. In four years. And it was funny because I was supposed to get a quarterly statement. I never got it unless I emailed them and asked for it. Yeah. 
And the only times I would get money paid to me was when I shot him an email and said, what the fuck are you doing to sell my movie? Like, what is going on? Oh, well, yeah, we, we are, we, we're ending the quarter. We got a, a $180 check for you. So I got two checks from while I have four years. Mm-hmm. And you're telling me that I was making this much money by people just finding it on the end of that they weren't selling any of that movie. Yeah. Give me a break. So, but it's not just them. Like it's, like it's all just pretty much yeah. all of them. Yeah. What I hear about this, they prey on us. From everybody, you know, Adler and Associates, Wild Eye, like they're all like Indican. They're all the same. Uh-huh. You know, they'll send you a, a when you get your quarterly statement. It's going to show you all these charges, and you know, oh, our movie lost eighteen hundred dollars last quarter. Okay, <laughs> but what are the what are you going to do? Like you can't prove yeah. that those charges are fake. Yep. You can't prove how many units they sold. It's all just numbers on paper. They can put anything they want and there's no way for me to prove it or no. Absolutely. And what am I going to do? Get an attorney? Like, no, you're not. <laughs> so, and they know this. So they just continue to do it and we continue to give them our movies to sell, but screw that. I mean, it's, we're not, No. I, I don't do it anymore. The dist- distribution game, Sean distribute distributes our movies and, you know, like I said, we don't get rich on them, but you know, make a few bucks here and there. Yeah, um, but it sucks, man, the, the way they prey on us. And uh, I always tell young filmmakers, I'm like, the distributor's job is to rip you off, and your job is to not get ripped off. That's so true. And that's the yeah. way it is. As sad as it sounds, but that's the know, business, though. What are you gonna do? Hey, you got to recognize the. And I'm sure the, it's the like that in the cheap movie. clothing. I'm sure it's like that in music and yeah, right. well, whatever you else. Pay twenty thousand dollars for them to play your song. You right. know, it's like no, I'm not paying twenty thousand dollars for anyone to play this. Right. Yeah. And each like play, play, you get what, like a tenth of a penny. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. Just, it's stupid. Well, it's definitely the music industry. Same thing with the music industry, where like the executives and these record companies. That's what they literally exactly what they do. Right. They do a upfront, and then you're done. Like that. That's all you get paid. And then they just make all the royalties off of everything. And that's, yeah. that's the same Here's thing. the songs we would like you all to like. So yeah. pick, pick your favorites out of repetitious. Same with movies. Here's yeah. the same old Grown Ups 5. You know, here's a movie yeah. scientifically engineered to make you laugh every three seconds. Yeah. <laughs> Where's the heart? Yeah, there's no art exactly. in it. Like, it takes out all the per- personality and individuality of all, yeah. all of entertainment. And you know what? Let's yeah. The movie industry has become very formulaic. That's I, I like I, I like um like there's some new filmmakers like Ari Aster that's came out. He made Hereditary, Midsommar. Like he's bringing different like yep. the A24 movies um, are bringing different types of things to horror and and you can see they're not I being really controlled like by big studio. Like oh, they're not being yeah. like they they have full reign. They you know they're putting their vision out there. They're not being it's like. Good. By like New Dimension is not in their in, like New Dimension ruins so many movies, at, just in general. And the same thing with um, what what was the other one that I, I forgot what it was called, but they they just ruin ruin movies. They just yeah, it's put all their formula. Hands in yeah, Adam Sandler plus Drew Barrymore equals this much money. And yes, they just put a pile of crap with them too in it, and yeah, people go see it. Yeah, but one, of, one of our favorite films the last couple of years was The Lighthouse. Yeah, and The Witch. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. The Witch. Yeah, yeah. like those types of movies are cool, man. Amazing. Like, I was just thinking about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. nice. <laughs> we were talking about movies that don't fit the formula. Yeah, The Witch yeah. was a H24. That's what A24 we like. Movie. And we, that's kind of one of the things, too, with us not being exploitative films and stuff is 
we've kind of got the benefit of that with being around the sleaze box cats and the gator blade films and us being slightly different. Yeah. You know, as Chris was uh, describing us, that kind of works for our benefit because right. we are new. all different. Yeah. And yet, you know, our image is the chainsaw. You see the bloody door on the poster for please do not disturb. But we also give you something different mm -hmm. yes. know, at the same time. So it makes you change it up to know it's your different audience. offerings. Yeah, yeah. 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 Giving that extra channel, of the, you know, just different offerings. Yep. Yeah. That's yeah, very that's key. Cool. And especially in this industry where we have to branch out and just yeah. build, build, you know, build a community in general. Blend styles, blend communities. Yeah. And I, I think that's going to be the how we build our foundation and how we grow exponentially is just building on the genre and the other genres and subgenres. And just reaching out to different areas of people that, you know, just want to make movies. And, like, regardless of what the genre is, like, you want to make a movie? Here's some people that I know that says, you know, how are we going to get it together? And that's how I think we will survive and grow and actually be maybe profitable in probably in the next couple of years, hopefully. Uh, just be profitable and keep it ringing and keep it going and just, like I said, grow. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I, I need more onto that, but we just go, got to build that community. Yeah, I think we can keep building, and I think it, it's very possible that it can run parallel to the mainstream. There's yeah. no reason why, you know, uh, people can have the big layoff after COVID, and that might have even cleaned out some of the people. Right. Yeah. I was and, saying, and, if you got a movie, like, this is a great time right. because all these places need content. There's no yeah, content, yes. and they're dying for it. Yeah. Um, shit, I go to Redbox, and they got the same shit in there for months, mm -hmm. you know? They yeah. may add one movie – a month where they used to put five or six yeah. a month a week in there. Yeah. Every so Thursday. It's a great time. It's a great time. If you have something that's marketable to the mainstream to get something out there because there's and nothing the out there. And the Redbox is a good place to meet people too, because I, you know, I, I is that how you sell 5,000 guys? You stay at the Redbox. <laughs> hey, why don't you buy this instead of that? Yeah. I talked to people. And I was like, Hey, well, you know what's going on? I put the poster awesome. up at the Redbox. Well, that's where Sean puts his posters up too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'll go up there and talk to people. I see a movie will make its way in the red box. That's yeah, awesome. this movie makes its way into the red yeah, box. Yeah. There we go. Never know. That's how you do. But I think we could be like like an Atlanta hub. Like we can do that. We're just a different type. Well, of we got to get tax incentives. That's why well, we don't have that stuff. Yeah, but like I said, if we do, there's no reason. For but in our budgets, shoot. our tax incentives are pretty much negligible because our our budgets and our. Well, yeah, you're talking about us. I'm talking about like. Oh, oh I, I, I don't want big Hollywood. I don't want big Hollywood because it actually right. takes away from we what can, we do. We can farm our own food here. We don't need yeah. Monsanto's and right. yeah. seeds. Exactly. So we, we, we keep harvest. our we have our formula. We just need to outreach it. We, we just need to, like I said, we don't want the Atlanta big money. We want yeah, the but people. Here's the thing. People like us, like so if somebody came up to you and said, hey, I'm going to give you $100,000 to make a movie, Which would movie? you be happy? I'd want to know which movie. No, whatever movie you want to make. Oh, well. It's like our that, vision. That, that you our can't for, touch for it the, whatsoever in the yeah. contract, and um, we'll sign. Well, we've got written in our binder and right. drawn. I read your script. I love your script. I want to give you $100,000 to make this movie. You'd be happy about that, right? I could do it. Yeah. 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 It. That's not going to happen unless we have tax incentives. Yeah. Well. Now, yeah, I've made. Not make it with a hundred thousand dollars. I've made two movies. I've made one for seventy-five thousand. I've made another one for like seventy-eight thousand. And those investors are never going to make their money back. And there were no tax breaks for them. Yeah. Like, why would somebody give you that much money to make a movie? Yeah. Like, it, it, there's nothing in it for them because I've figured out 
the way you make your money back on a movie is make it for under 5,000 or over a million. That's the two parts where you can make money back because <laughs> if you got a million, you can market your movie. And if you got five grand, you only got to sell a few copies of your DVDs or whatever, make doing Indiegogo and you can make your money back. So if you're making a, a $50,000 movie or a $20,000 movie, impossible to make your money back. It's impossible because a distributor is going to take all your money. You're not going to be able, you don't have that big of enough following to sell that many copies of your movie or do a Kickstarter to raise $20,000. Unless you have a Kardashian type following, it's impossible to do. <laughs> he's getting there. I know he's getting there. I mean, cool. if you just make a really badass product. But it, here's the thing, man. If you, you can have the greatest movie in the world ever made. Mm -hmm. If nobody knows it's there, nobody's going to buy it. That's where marketing comes yeah. in. And marketing is very expensive. That's why the million-dollar movies have that money to put a commercial on TV or yeah. Well, yeah. blow up yeah. Facebook with these ads and, and whatever. We don't have that kind of money at disposal because all our money is going towards the production. Like We don't have any after-production money to throw into marketing. So unless you have that, how do you make it? Like, There's no way. I guess we just don't worry about that. We just, we just, keep, <laughs> right. we just keep doing it. We'll just fall in order, man. Yeah. You know, just, just keep doing what you're doing, we'll just, yeah. man. Hopefully right. that's the Fugazi happen. of film. Yeah. But back to my a thought. like If, if someone gave you $100,000 yeah. and they had tax incentives that covered $50,000 of that, which is possible, yeah. now that person only dropped $50,000. Okay? Um, and it's obviously easier to make 50 grand back as opposed to a hundred grand back. So the tax incentives not being there are keeping investors yeah. from putting money into movies like us. So we're, yeah. we're stuck in this circle of making $3,000 movies over and over yeah. and over and over where we can't make a movie. We can't show people, Hey, look, look what I can do with this much money, you know? Yeah. And because nobody's going to take a chance on you because they can't make their money back. Now, if you can find an investor that says, yeah, I'll give you hundred grand. I don't care about making my money back. I just want my name on a movie. Cool. <laughs> yeah, right? I believe in you guys. <laughs> cool. But, you know, and I feel like my, my movie Seeing Evil, we had a doctor invest and he was like narcissist, like just wanted to be able to brag to all his buddies, hey, I'm a movie producer. You know what I mean? <laughs> and that's really the only reason why he gave us the money to make the movie. So he could put his name on it, and he had a little role in it. We put a role in for him. But a lot of times, if you get like budgets or anyone to invest like that, they want some tooling. They want to be able to like, like, input and. Oh yeah, well, like seeing want... evil. He told us, "We want. I want to make a movie about someone that gets struck by lightning." That's all he said. So we were like, "You're gonna give us seventy-five grand, okay?" <laughs> so we lightning. wrote a script about a guy that gets struck by lightning and. You know, and that's what we made the movie on. And then Crazy Lake, you know, me and Jason were going to make that movie for $10,000. We were going to do a one location, local talent, you know, whatever. And we had a doctor come in and we had another guy that was a producer that we had met on another shoot and they wanted to be a part of it. So they were like, well, we'll put in this much money and you can use all our gear and our crew and all this stuff. And now guess whose movie that is? Not me and Jason's. Yep. yep. And through the process, 
they started changing things yeah. a little bit. Like I went two days yelling, arguing about what the killer is going to wear. Like we had this all planned out. <laughs> oh no, he, he's going to wear this and this and this. I'm like, dude, that's not the character. Like we made this character specific and you're changing it. And he, and he won. He had the money. Yeah. We've dealt with that with, hey, so, can you sucks. add nudity in or some chicks? And it's like, yeah. uh, do you have the chicks? Like, <laughs> uh, we're not right. going to do it. Yeah. yeah. And a lot of times these producers don't have an idea of what they just want to see what they want yeah. to see on screen. They don't really have any resale value. They have no understanding of what it's going to do for the movie, like the the uh, rhythm of the movie. They just don't. They just like I said. They they have the money. They think they can buy everything. They can just right. put their input that it's gold. Like that's literally their mentality when whenever money's involved. Naturally, it becomes not your vision anymore. Yep. And right. that that's. You know, it's not what it's about. But that's a, it's a two-way, I mean, it's a double-edged sword. Like, yeah, you guys can make your movies the way you want to make them um, and spend, you know, your three, five thousand. I don't know what you guys spend on your movies, but um, I'm sure it's not a lot. A couple bucks. Yeah. So, um, you know, but, yeah, you're making your visions, but you're, again, stuck in this little circle of doing the same thing over and over and over and you're not able to get a nice big camera and real audio gear and like you know high-end stuff to make something that's pretty you know what i mean and that's the difference you know and and it is a difference like you can look at my movies that's dead and look at my movie crazy lake and they're like what the fuck like that's crazy how different they are um and it sucks it sucks that we don't have the we don't have those resources to us that we can make something for 50 grand. Like what would you guys do with 50 grand? Like you probably wouldn't even know what to do with it. Right. I think we both know which one we would make right away. Yeah. yeah, We're kind of more like rodeo guys that just like riding the horse. Right. So you can make an amazing movie. You know, when you write a script, you just got to keep in mind your budget the whole time. You can't write a script and and be like, I want like a million actor actors. We got to have this UFO and it's like, good luck with that. (laughs) We're going to rob a bank. Good luck filming in their parking lot. Yeah. Uh, Right. It seems like you keep your scripts really simple. Right. Just sweet. And like, you know, yeah, you guys are are more story. Like I I seem like you guys movies are more more about the story story. and the dialogue. And like me and Sean's movies are about the nudity and gore. Like our, our, our plots are like ridiculous, but you know, we have a bunch of naked girls and a bunch of cool, but they like, got a formula. They like got a formula they use and, and heads then, getting yeah. cut off. And obviously there's a market for both. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's like wrestling. And you just there's need to tap law, it. And then there's like uh, the comedy wrestling. You know, right. Like yeah. Everybody has their niche and their thing for the wider audience to appreciate. Yep. And it's all just like Renoir. It's pretty much just everyone's little niche and it's creating a big, big canvas mm-hmm. of just different different blotches here and it's all going to come together right. and that's generally what this industry is right pretty much yeah. because at, the, the, uh, at these events you'll you'll get a king james or one yeah. of our movies with the sleaze box films and other things yeah. like that and there's more branch because you're if you go this to meet uh, the woman who was in the uh, uh, creep show uh, or night of the creeps she, you might not be aware of all the local stuff or, or any of that thing, or you might not be in there for the sleaze box guys, but you're an action film guy. And then yeah. you walk over here and this dude's selling action stuff. Yeah. You know, it, it works out with the community level too. Absolutely. Yeah. 
Absolutely. And I think, like I said, building the community, you got to just build that foundation of, you know, good niche and just build each block. Each movie is a different block. And we just build it, make a couple bucks here, make a couple bucks here. And eventually we can actually start to make higher, right. higher, like, but we got to build the foundation. <laughs> I, think, I think if I make a movie that loses money, I'll be done. Like, I won't yeah. ever again. Well, I mean, there's so, there's always that chance. All right. My, let me put it another way. Money that I spent yeah. on the movie and, yeah, you know. It obviously, it's best to try to use other people's money. Yes, but but like I said, each movie should, should be a building block. And like I said, you make some more, more money on a block, you make some more money on another block, and just mm-hmm. ultimately you build a pot, and then you start to make bigger budget, and then that budget you start to build with bigger blocks and bigger foundation, and then ultimately mm-hmm. just the blocks get bigger, and that's ultimately what you just yeah, we extend could, your pool. We could be one of the founding blocks of yeah. what becomes a huge scene one day. We exactly. We might not be the ones who are supposed to be the ones who pulled exactly. into Tampa. Right. We just got the attention over here yeah, and sure. came. Um, like, it, there could be a lot of blocks. Like I said, the, we're not big blocks. We're very little blocks. Right. But the more we put together and the more blocks that we put next to each other and build on top of each other. Yeah, it's like a storefront or a build, uh, yeah. you know, a strip mall because – we kind of operate more like the American stage theater down in St. Pete where yeah. we're kind of local theater. We just happen to videotape it and then yeah. we sell each one we sell is like a seat yep. right. pretty much. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's how kind of our filmmaking approach style was, you know, it's a different formula. You guys have a great formula too. I want to say sound, great. Well, it, it sounds works. like you're it's figuring it out for now. It's yeah. working for us. Yeah. Uh, but you can get that uh, very small start, scale, you know, start yeah. s- spreading out instead mm-hmm. of blocking someone, throwing that jab every time. You're working to, to get hooks and stuff out right. of the way. Yeah. So, yeah, and you can build that circle bigger and bigger. Yep. And so I agree with you, Tony. And, and, I, and I think that's how we will make our industry here in the Tampa Bay area successful and branch out as far as we want it. That's uh, funny because me and Sean talked for hours about how we can make the movie for less. And, <laughs> <laughs> like, I think, I think Zed's Dead being $1,100 was, like, I think that's the actual least amount of yeah. money you can spend to make a movie over five or six days, or however many days we shot. I think it was six total. Well, it's, like I said, it's whatever to helps the net. Like if, if the net, that's where you have to build your pot from. You build your pot from the net. Right. Just, just keep but it on our, the nesting. But our conversation was like, well, maybe we just don't feed the people this day. And <laughs> I remember that day. That day sucked. <laughs> We're paying this person $20. Maybe we can get them to do it for 10 You know? Like it's just, it's just ridiculous, the yeah. conversations we have on how to skimp and, and make things super cheap. Yeah. But – I don't know. Still, what what we do? Yeah, you find purpose no. uh, for for things and put it to work. Yeah, yeah. But on that note, once again, thank you guys for joining us on the Killer Collab Podcast. Uh, once again, joined Chris Lado from Reaper Films, and we got Mike and Steve from We We Massacre Productions. Thank you guys for joining us. You guys have a wonderful day. Stay happy. Stay healthy. Make sure you like, subscribe, hit the bell, and so you get notified every time we put out a new podcast. You guys, thank you. <laughs>